Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello there and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Adam Russell. I'm your host, Ryan Key. And I'm back. I'm Nick. I'm a host still, even though I wasn't here last week. I was still a host, even though I wasn't here last week. I'm still a host now, and I'm here. You must know about things some consider to be unnatural. (laughs) Unnatural. Because we thought you were dead. You didn't think because I was texting you all week that maybe I was alive? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Could have been like in, um, what's the movie? Black Mirror. Black Mirror. There it is. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, maybe Nicole just paid for your you to come back yeah. via phone. Yo, oddly enough, that's General Hux in that episode. Yes. Dude, Star Wars. Is, boom. What a great episode of television. <laughs> yeah. Man. That's got to exist soon. Like yeah. someone's just going to be like, yeah, this is a good idea. You should be able to text like your dead relatives. That is going to happen I think all soon. of the shit in Black Mirror is based in some type of reality. And I think that because I have a friend who works at DARPA Mm -hmm. and she has told me before that movie producers and directors for, I mean, I guess any, any kind of film that's like warfare or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, sci-fi, anything, they have like round table consultations with producers and directors to fill them in on anything that's been declassified. So any, any kind of tech or any thing that they've worked on that they're allowed to tell them about, they do, and so some of the stuff you see in, like, Avengers and yeah. anything else is actual tech, like Stick. stuff that they're working on or have worked on or have made, and it's just, like, it's declassified. It's just not in production or whatever, but the idea, you know? That's awesome. You know where we're going to see some of that shit? Mm. Tell me. Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I definitely think Black Mirror, like, all of the, yeah. the you know— contact lens storing your hard drive inside your brain and uploading your consciousness that's all gotta be being messed with by people has to be dude that text bot for the dead loved one thing though is like you could almost do that right now yeah they already they're already collecting every word you type on social media so they know how to speak you know some type of app would know how to speak like Mm -hmm. you use the responsive tech from siri and alexa and watson and everything else to formulate the answers but base the choices for the words on your profile yeah that's already done like my mom would always uh type the wrong there when she means the other (laughs) there (laughs) (laughs) no siri make it dumber like my mom Um, (laughs) sorry mom we love you next mom i don't have it in me to correct her (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're on a completely different wavelength right now. We're all completely <laughs> off Star Wars. But you know what's going to be sick is when they can take like a bunch of home video or something old and use an algorithm to do wh- exactly what we're talking about from just that natural language in the video rather than a text. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the stuff about all the time about my dad because there's a dude, you know, Ray Kurzweil, the futurist? Mm-hmm. He invented 
speech to text and text to speech. Kurzweil keyboards, remember they were big in like the 80s and 90s? He invented the first legitimate synthesizer. This dude is unreal. He's a smart fellow. Yeah, he's been working for Google for the past like 10 years. He's in his 70s now. So he's working on all kinds of skunk work stuff that we don't know anything about in Google, in the deepest, darkest places in Google. But uh, he's obsessed with the idea of bringing back his father. And he has like an entire room full of all the music that his dad wrote and every journal that he ever had, you know, eight millimeter film of him, like everything. And he wants to put all that into an AI and bring back his dad to interact with. And I'm so like, he's a little kooky, but I'm so inspired by that. And I could, I could mess with that. The Black Mirror episode. I think I could, I could get into that. Like you would order it? I would do that. Yeah. I think so. I would just like ball and cry through the whole experience, but I would, I would want to do it. It's weird because it crosses my mind already because like I text my mom every day. Maybe I call her once a week, but I'm like... All I do is text her, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So any uh, your entire communication is based off of how you're typing and talking. Yeah. So if you needed to recreate her, it would just... Totally. It's wild. Yeah. But that was one of... All this conversation started based on Black Mirror. That was absolutely one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Mm. In closing, I will say that it was quite a revelation to me years later to realize that General Hux and Poe Dameron were in a movie together. One of my like favorite recent sci-fi movies, recent, you know, yeah. the past several years. Yeah, dude. Ex Machina. Mm. Holy shit. Yeah. And you have to wonder if their chemistry is part of like what, I don't know, got them. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. someone's like, oh, these guys worked well together on screen. Like let's test them. Yeah. I didn't you even know? realize. What's the dude's real name? Hux? What's his real name? Uh, uh, what is Domino Gleason? Right? Domino Gleason. Yeah. 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 yeah Domino Gleason. He it. plays such a different type of person. I didn't recognize him. And um, Oscar Isaac, under that beard, dude. I didn't that see movie, it. I actually just watched that movie like two weeks ago. It's um, so good. Because a few days before that, I walked in the house and Josh, my roommate, was watching Annihilation. And I was like, mm. okay, well, I'm sitting down now. Yeah. And then it was like, well, now that we're watching Alex Garland, let's watch more of it. So like a few days later, we watched Ex Machina again. I hadn't seen it in a while. That That's a repeat viewing film that will go on forever for the rest yeah. of my life. I'll always be yeah. able to watch that Annihilation movie. was great. Both Artifacts. of them. Both of them. All Star Wars vibes. <laughs> Natalie Portman and yeah. Oscar Isaac in that one. The Queen. Perfect. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about actual Star Wars. <laughs> okay. Okay. If that's what we're here to do. <laughs> we're here for more Bad Batch. So let's get into the deets. What have you done with those plans? The Bad Batch. Episode 11 of season one, Devil's Deal. Debuted July 9th. 2021 on Disney Plus, as they all, well, they don't all debut on July 9th, but they do all <laughs> get played on Disney Plus. Moving on, directed by Stuart Lee, who um, we know from many other episodes. He's great. Tamara Beecher Wilkinson wrote this one, also a veteran, starring a bunch of voice actors that we know from Clone Wars, from Rebels, all kinds of good stuff. Robin Atkin Downs as Cham Syndulla, Daryl Young as Eleni Syndulla. Corey Burton back in the mix as Gobi Glee, Vanessa Marshall as Harrison Dula, Phil Lamar as Orn Frita, and Chopper as himself. Yeah. What? Funny, because <laughs> it's always been credited. I don't know, actually, if it's always been credited as Dave Filoni, but Dave Filoni is the one who does his voice, but in yeah. the credits, it just said as himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so big spoilers. All kinds of um, Rebels cast in this one. Yeah. 28-minute runtime, Disney Plus description, as the seeds of rebellion foment on an outer rim world, the Empire schemes to squash it. You know, that description's funny to me because I feel like in this episode, there's a lot of like really on the nose political 
exposition. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. what if the empire's vision of freedom is not one we can live with? Then mm-hmm. what do we do? You know, yeah. like, yeah. I get it. Like, there's kids watching a cartoon. You got to, but we're going to drop foment in the description. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's always the thing with the Star Wars cartoons. Like, every other description, as we've said, is like, the Bad Batch eats some food. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Maybe they're listening. They're listening. They're like, all right, I got to drop some SAT words in here now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, I had to kind of squint to be like, foment. Okay. Yeah. They upped the word count. They threw in something like foment. The intern that's writing these descriptions is clearly a listener. <laughs> it's like, Mark, you're getting roasted for your, your uh, descriptions. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> the Think the Maker guys are bagging on you again. <laughs> Damn it, dude. It's embarrassing. It's like, all right, check this out. Foment. Send tweet. <laughs> Dude's real good at Scrabble. <laughs> you land that in the right spot. Yeah. You scored some points. Triple word score nestled in a tsunami, <laughs> wrapped in a hurricane. <laughs> that's, a, that's a multi-layered joke I just threw out. All right. This was a fun episode, even though it was, I don't know. I'll let you talk. Well, I have thoughts. Um, I kind of missed the Bad Batch mm-hmm. <laughs> in an episode of the Bad Batch. Yeah. There was fun stuff, as there has been in every week of this show, but... Like every 10 minutes of the 30, I was like, what? What? It? Oh, oh, there they are. Oh, wait, they're gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Guys, where are you going? Okay, okay see you later. <laughs> not my favorite. Not my favorite episode. That's my overall reaction. The parts I take away that are really cool, I've said from the beginning, I really enjoy this sort of display of, of like the formation of the empire, the beginning of the empire exerting its will on, on, on systems. And clearly we're seeing a system that's like, nah. We're not okay with this. Like, um, and, and dude, so much like of the kind of way we, we talk about this a lot in, in Star Wars in general. And I think the original idea George Lucas had how much he pulled from, you know, the Axis powers in World War II to be the Empire coming around and collecting your weapons. I mean, that was just straight up socialist Nazi Germany thing that, that they did that. They went door to door and took everyone's guns from them, you know, which just think the makers all politics, but you know, that's the <laughs> thing here. It's like, Oh my God, Joe Biden's president. They're taking our guns. You know, it's like, no, they're not. They're but definitely not. They're definitely not. But, um, that idea of like taking your, your right to bear arms, that's clearly heavy handed that the empire is doing that. And I think that, that, you know, I, I really do enjoy all of that. I enjoy the political angle of seeing how the empire is growing. I just, I was a little confused as to like what show we were watching. If I'm going to oh, get totally. some criticism, yeah. like I don't have to get into a certain point of view or talk crap about it. I just was like, Hmm, interesting. Well, this is the first episode that kind of breaks that insistence that I have when I try to get people into the show that they can just jump in and they, they don't need to have seen anything else. Mm-hmm. If you've seen, the 11 Star Wars films, you can get into the Bad Batch. But this, for sure, is better if you've seen Rebels. Yeah, and Clone Wars. Which I have not, so maybe that's where my reaction comes well, from. There's, there you go. I think it's season one, right? The Ryloth arc is when the Separatists are on Ryloth and Cham Syndulla wants them off, and then Mace comes with the Republic, and Cham Syndulla is like, I don't want you here either. I want them gone, and I want you gone. I want Ryloth to be free. And that's where like this sort of picks up, even though that's... 12 years ago, season one of Clone Wars. Of Clone Wars, yeah. This, yeah, this kind of picks up where now Cham seems like he like really, really, really wants this war to be over. So he's like kind of talking himself into the fact that the war is over. And now, yeah. like, I trust the clones. They helped us, you know? He's, yep. And yeah. there's so many points in the in the episode where he wants the fighting to be over, yet his planet is occupied. 
you know, like he's yeah. really like talking himself into the fact that like everything is okay. And I don't know how many years passed since that episode technically of, or that arc in the Clone Wars, but this seemed like a direct like pickup from that kind of. And I don't know if the arc you're talking about was in like the essentials list that mm-hmm. Ryan was watching. I think we, I, well, I think we covered it. But the majority of the stuff that makes you go, oh shit, it's so-and-so is, mm-hmm. is Rebels, mm-hmm. you know? Totally. Like the emotional connection to the characters. Yeah, I mean, I think that there was one thing over an overall feeling I got when Cham was a couple of times he was alluded to or said directly to Hera, like, I fought so you didn't have to. And that kind of reminded me of something I feel like we said at some point on our podcast about like, you know, real world stuff, you know, like each generation having it easier than the last for a reason, you know, like progress, you know, and like there was something that just popped into my head because I was like, oh, wait, we've talked about that, you know, not even necessarily in like a Star Wars sense. Maybe, maybe it was on one of our huge political podcasts. (laughs) No, it was Um, on our Back to the Future podcast (laughs) where we were talking about how uh, Mayor Goldie Wilson's middle name is progress. Yeah, (laughs) but I, I did enjoy that. And I think that that really, again, to kind of what I was saying about Cham, like I feel like he's so desperate to show that his fight is over and that they won, you know? And yeah. it's clearly like his fight is over and now like round two is starting and I feel like he's having a hard time adjusting to that. For sure. Aside from, actually, let, let me respond to the uh, to the feeling of the Bad Batch showing up for a second and being like, hey, I know these guys, oh, this is cool. Uh, see, where, where'd you go, guys? <laughs> there was something kind of cool about that to me, even though I was watching it thinking it kind of took me out, realizing, oh, we're going to talk about this on the podcast and we're going to talk about how people are clearly going to criticize it for being an entire episode about something that is not the Bad Batch in a show that's called The Bad Batch. Yeah. But it was so dope to kind of step back for a second and feel like we're watching Clone Wars or feel like we're watching Rebels and then see our new friends and just be like, oh shit, there they are. It's like mm-hmm. we had yeah, a yeah. It, it's complete reversal. It was, it was kind of cool in a sense. I, I like the storytelling of stepping out to do something different, right, mm-hmm. with the yeah. episode. I think for me, it's, if I'm being critical, which I am this week, I guess, a little bit, it's... Episode 11, right? There's four left. Five, there's five left. And like, we're, we're getting to this point, this, this culmination of like, what, what is the Omega story? What's really happening? And we got her for five seconds giving a tour of a spaceship. Like, yeah. I'm down for the, the movement of the political story going forward. I'm really stoked on what this show has done to set up the foundations of the empire. I think it's yeah. awesome. I think it ties into the original trilogy in the coolest way for old farts like us. I love that. But at the same time, you've got me now. I'm not I'm not yeah. just watching this for that. I I want to know what's going on with with Omega and the story that has been set up for 11 episodes now. And so I guess just having a full episode. That that's my issue. It's not that they were just in it for a second. It's like having a full episode that doesn't really have anything to do with her or the Bad Batch yeah. is a bit of a swing and a miss to me personally. Like, I think as a writer, oh, what do I know? Look, right? Like, I'm not a, I don't write for Lucasfilm or for Star Wars. I'm not, I, I can't. Just for Marvel Comics. But like. <laughs> just little old Marvel Comics. <laughs> but, but like. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I don't know. As a writer, couldn't you have involved them in the story? Like, in, you yeah. know, I mean, they could have been around. They could have been a part of the rescue and the, and the escape and the, who knows how. I'm just saying that I think. While I respect the choice to be like, we're going to go hard on, like, as it says in the description, like the birth of the rebellion and so on some of these systems, seeing how the empire is coming in and it's no better than the Republic. In fact, it's worse. That's what we're getting at. But to just do that and disregard all, all 
of the primary characters of the show for an entire half hour didn't really vibe with me completely. Mm. Yeah. But again, I also haven't seen Rebels, and you you both have said that made this episode hit a little yeah. differently. I, I would I would say I'm happy that in this episode the story and you know characters we knew held so much weight that the Bad Batch being an afterthought didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. But if somehow last week's episode and this week's episode were like combined and last week's episode was the episode that the Bad Batch was barely in, I'd be bummed. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, this episode fully is trash, you know? Well, clearly <laughs> next yeah. week's episode is combined with this yeah. episode, th- yeah, this yeah. week. Yeah. I mean, it ended in a complete open, open-end cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, of course, they're coming back to get involved in yeah, they're gonna save the day whatever's going on, mm-hmm. 100%. But, yeah. you know, it's just like we're showing up for this show every week, and that's just kind of how I felt. And it could be also because I don't feel that same weight from not seeing seeing all these characters in the other shows. Mm-hmm. I, I get that. Well, let's—I'll um, I'll say one more thing, first impression, and then we'll do hopefully a quick synopsis, and we'll discuss a little further. Again, week over week, they hit us with some beautiful CG work— Oh, that yeah. just blows our mind. Dude, the shot of the clouds, that like a lot of the landscapes and stuff, beautiful. Like the little tweak on the interpretation of Chopper, the, the added texture and stuff, so oh, yeah. cool. But man, the cloud shot with like the sort of sunset, the Bespin kind of vibe when they were coming back from the supply run, holy shit. It looked like a matte painting from, you know, 1980. Yeah. It was so good, dude. The shot of, of Gobi and Hera and the, their ship landing to pick up the weapons. Mm. Yeah, dude, yeah. Dude, with... That whole that stretch was, right there. I was thinking while I was watching that, I was like, we're going to have to make a segment for the show <laughs> that we should have made nine episodes ago of like our favorite shot, yeah. you know, yeah. of the show. That was... I was watching that like, wow, this is yeah. gnarly <laughs> when they were coming in and the the background. It was it was so good. Did you guys... I, I would put some money on the fact that I think there is a shot when... Gobi's ship is coming back to Ryloth and they're kind of going through a canyon. I swear, and I'd put money on it, that that shot is already like pre-visualized from The Mandalorian. Oh. I, I swear there's a shot in The Mandalorian that is that exact shot. I want to say the the ship is moving at the same like rate of speed. I don't know if that checks out at all, but something really familiar about one of these shots. I was like, that looks like The Mandalorian. Like, uh, I want to say, like, yeah. the Frog Lady, the first Frog Lady episode. Dude. <laughs> Aptly named yeah. Frog Lady. Frog yeah. Lady. <laughs> yeah, what an action figure name. They, um, <laughs> You know they recycle all kinds of stuff. Totally. Like, just yeah. on the reg, unapologetically. So, I bet you're spot on. All right, let's do a synopsis. I'm going to try to keep this quick. We open on Ryloth. Home of the Twi'leks, the Twi'leks, depending on where you're from. A location heavily featured in the Clone Wars, as we talked about a little bit before. The Empire are again calling leaders of the planet to declare the occupation to their citizens, surrender their weapons, submit to their, quote, protection, gangster style. This is the theme. It's like they're just going planet to planet. Mm -hmm. Hey, we're here. Here are the new rules. Moving on, you know. Senator Ornfrita, the big, lumpy, <laughs> droopy-ass Twi'lek. Um, yo, real quick, is he another, like, not species, but, like, another... Uh, he's got giant hands. Yeah, he's, like, another, I don't know, breed or whatever. There are, like, a couple he's got, different like, bear types, claws of, types to the rest of, them. of Twi'leks. Yeah, I don't know. I, I remember reading something that maybe... Yeah. You know, they... It's funny, I've always 
gone back and forth with how I pronounce it. And in this episode, they definitely said Twi'lek. Mm-hmm. They themselves. It's like it's like Tatooine. Yeah. yeah. Right? Or Tatooine. Yeah. Should we say Worcester or Worcester? <laughs> the reason I started trying to say Twi'lek is because Amy Allen said Twi'lek, who played a Twi'lek. And I think Mayfeld said like Twee or something. Yeah, that's true. In one of the episodes. Yeah. Crazy Twee. Yeah, she called him a Twee. But they said twi in this yeah. in this episode. Word. Either way, that fool needs to lay off the Mantel mix. <laughs> yeah. Real talk. You know what Mantel mix is? It's the damn, the tin of popcorn you get on Christmas. With three <laughs> or different Fourth things. of July. Either yeah. one. Where it's like <laughs> caramel corn that's colored, which is <laughs> disgusting. And then some cheddar in there too. And then the cheddar. kettle corn also. It's all, yeah. yeah. So Senator Onfrey Todd, the lumpy Twi'lek, makes an announcement to the crowd of people, followed by, because this doesn't go over well, followed by... General Cham Sindula, who we know as the father of Harris Sindula, star of Rebels. Cham encourages the people to trust the Empire because the Republic and the clone army before them protected them in the Clone Wars. They were very on the fence about the whole thing. They wanted to remain completely independent, but they came to have a relationship with the clones and the Republic that was beneficial, right? So he trusts, if nothing else, the clone army and and the folks that he's worked with in the past. So he convinces the citizens of the planet to just lay down their weapons, the war's over, and move on. Should say here that Hera's mom, Eleni, there's really, that's pretty much a reveal. I don't think there's ever been any information or visual of her ever. So her showing up in that scene too is kind of the first time we see her mom. That's a big deal because she's mentioned in a significant way in, in the conflict between Hera and her father. There is something here too where... I think she dies soon. Yeah. Like, I think she dies in whatever is about to happen. So, hello. Goodbye. (laughs) Nice to meet you. And you're dead. (laughs) And I'm dead. (laughs) What an idiot. Loser. Meanwhile, elsewhere on Ryloth, we find a young Harrison Dula, exclamation mark, and Chopper, double exclamation mark, spying on an Imperial refinery. They're kind of chilling up on a little, uh, like, overlook kind of thing. This is, this is hilarious. They're spying. They're like, oh, I have this mission from my uncle. He told me to, you know, check out this refinery because they're doing stuff. Yeah, but just let's just like lay back and look at the sky for a little bit and like <laughs> pretend that may, maybe we're flying. <laughs> so they're spying on this this Imperial refinery, which is apparently an off-limits area. And also we hear later, Hera's uncle Gobi sent her there to spy because he knows for sure this is just like the first of many to come. This is not good for Ryloth. Jumping in here, what are they refining? Is that uh, Dunium? They say that in the episode, and I yeah. totally missed that. Yeah, cool. I should have a podcast about Star Wars where I pay attention to the shows we watch. <laughs> I put that in the what the Empire is using it for. It's in the den. If nothing else, this is a way for you to know more about Star Wars. That's I learn every week. <laughs> My brain is a sponge for Star Wars knowledge every Tuesday night. So they're chilling after they do their spying. They just lounge back on the rocks and and daydream, and then troopers roll up. You're not supposed to be here. This is restricted. Blah blah blah. They bring Hera back to her parents. She essentially gets just a little slap on the wrist from the troopers, um, including this trooper who we'll discuss later. Dad scolds her and Uncle Gobi because he's pulling one. He's doing some stuff behind Dad's back, essentially. Mom, Eleni Sindula, kind of soft scolds her up, basically accidentally spills the beans that she and Uncle Gobi have been talking. Eleni's not down with this Empire shit either. Yeah. She insists that Hera tell her everything that she found out. Yeah, which really just shows you kind of that feeling that I I feel like 
Cham just he's like, I want what I did, everything that I've done to mean something. So like I he feel says like, it later, yeah, in the in the conversation with Eleni where he's mm-hmm. like, you know, we have to trust them. And he's like selling her on yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Hell of a turn of events for that dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It blows. So Uncle Gobi is getting ready to go on a quote supply run to a moon of Ryloth. You know, he wants her to come along. She doesn't want to go for some reason. She uh, She's like, I'm going to get in trouble. I think yeah, it's just yeah. basically she's right. Straight up, just like, I can't go because my dad will kill me. But he's like, well, I'll let you fly. So she comes along because she wants to fly. We know this from Rebels. She's this amazing pilot. She's like Han Solo tier pilot in the mm-hmm. galaxy, known as like one of the most crushing pilots. R.I.P. <laughs> Rest in peace. Also, happy birthday, Harrison Ford. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I meant to make a meme where it was like, Harrison Ford, it's your birthday. And then insert the clip where he's like, I don't care. <laughs> or the one where Sasha Baron Cohen comes in and he goes, ah! Yeah. <laughs> as loud as you can. Yeah. <laughs> Unreal. So um, Uncle Gobi convinces her to come along. Harrison Chopper Ford. covers for her. It's <laughs> 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 Harrison Ford leaving a restaurant, everybody. <laughs> With one earring. <laughs> And as they're leaving, as they're taking off, here's our boy Crosshair. He's back. Not so roasted, turns out. A little There's bit. actually a little scene right before this where he's talking to Rampart. He's just got a little, like, uh, he's got some burns on his head. He's got mm-hmm. his head shaved. He's not what we expected. Yeah, I was hoping for mangled, bandaged yeah. villain. Shaved head. Shaved his head, or maybe it was all singed. Yeah. But yeah, there was some nonsense back here, some scarring or something. So he's back, and uh, we catch him back in his helmet. He's watching everything as as this is all going down. They're, they take off. He shoots with a sniper rifle because he's still got skills. We were wrong. Um, he shoots a tracking beacon onto the ship. They take off. They go in their supply run. They go to the moon. And en route, Gobi tells Hera that they're actually picking up weapons. Twist for her. They arrive at the destination, and it turns out that the contact they're meeting, none other than the Bad Batch. It's the title track of the album. <laughs> yeah. Here it is. It's like nine songs in. <laughs> the titular characters, the Bad Batch. I like that word, titular. It sounds like I'm saying something bad, but it's not titular. <laughs> sounds like you're saying foment. <laughs> 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 they uh, they just roll out. It's just like, yo, here we are. Here we are with these weapons from that other episode that you guys figure we'd make money off of. Uh, we're doing it right here. We're just This is just a side thing. The coolest part, and I'll probably say this later, is that Hera and Omega meet. A young mm-hmm. Hera Syndulla and Omega meet and hang out. And I love the vibe of Omega. She's kind of skeptical, but excited. Like, oh, there's another kid. Can I bring her up? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like it's like sleepover. <laughs> Can I stay over? I don't know if it's a lot. I don't know if I trust you, but you should hang out. You, you want to play Nintendo? <laughs> it's such a cool vibe. So she takes her up there. They hang out on the ship. She shows her, you know, the whole space. I wish I could switch and play my stepbrother's soundboard thing right now. Here's the thing. It'll give us so much extra space in our room to do activities. Please say yes. (laughs) So they finish the supply run. They head back (laughs) to the planet. So... (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Sorry. Crosshair shoots down the ship like a dick. Gobi and Hera are detained. Crosshair and his goons show up. Another like epic exit from the, uh, you know, the door, the the ramp. They come out, smoke coming out like a damn Britney Spears show. <laughs> Followed by Rampart and Ornfrita. So they're, I don't know where they actually are at this point. They're away from the city, right? But yeah. Ornfrita, Crosshair and his goons, Rampart, Champsandula, like everybody, they're all there with Hera, Uncle Gobi, 
and they start hitting them with accusations. Like Orn insists that Cham is plotting an uprising because his daughter's here, Uncle Gobi's here, they're smuggling weapons. So the whole situation kind of blows up. They're taken away in a transport. Rampart, Orn Frita, they're all in it together, which is a little weird. Mm-hmm. It's like they throw them in the back of the paddy wagon, but then like all the relevant people are still in the paddy wagon. Point being, they roll out, and as they're on their way back, Eleni, Cham, Chopper, all the homies show up on Blurgs, some of them on Blurgs, which is awesome. We know Blurgs from The Mandalorian. What did they pull that from originally? Like the Christmas special or some crap? The first appearance of Blurgs? This is probably like a, a Den of Antiquities thing. Mike, will you grab that real quick if you can find it? Um, yeah. Roll up on Blurgs and in a speeder. And everything kind of comes to a head. So Cham ends up with Orn at gunpoint. He's about to shoot him. And Eleni steps in, talks him out of it. But then Rampart gives a little signal and turns out there's Crosshair up on a cliff nearby. Snipes Orn Frita in the head. In the head. Yeah. Or back to episode three or whatever. Just, <laughs> yeah. just burning a sure. singed hole in the side of his brain. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll talk about this in... A certain point of view, because this is weird. There, More on that later. <laughs> there's, there's some debate about all this, but this this looks bad because the Sindulas are essentially framed for murder, so they're arrested and taken away. But Hera and Chopper escape. Roll credits. End of episode. Cliffhanger. First one of those. So before we talk about what all this could mean, this ending here, let's bring it back to the beginning and talk about somebody who we didn't even mention in, in the synopsis, a clone commander i guess named hauser he's got great hair let's start there he has great hair dude, dude. the most <laughs> clone any of us have ever seen he has the hair that when i saw fury and brad pitt even though it was completely unattainable for me i was like i want my hair to look like that <laughs> and for about two years i tried and i realized later that that was a really bad idea and i cut it shorter again. but you were also like if there was ever a dude <laughs> this would be the one if I just, you know, got if there a- ever was a clone, it's Hauser. <laughs> He's got great hair. That's the point of the story. It's great, great hair. I, I'm very, I'm patient with Star Wars. I take it as it comes, like whatever. Hauser's really confusing me. Really, really. His yeah. presence is really confusing me because all we've seen this whole series for 10 episodes, all the clones, none of them are like color swatch anymore. They're all jerks. They're all just yeah. wearing white. And then all of a sudden, 11 episodes in, this guy, like, tries to defend Hera. He's talking. He's, he's taking his helmet off. Like He seems to reason through things. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's got something to do with the relationship they're establishing of, like, we trust the clones. They've mm-hmm. been here on the planet. Th- that's what they're using the character yeah. for. Whether that tracks or makes sense with every other clone or mm-hmm. not, I don't know. But, yeah. you know, what his role is in the story right now, it's showing that the, the the whole slap on the wrist. It's like, yeah, I won't report this, but it can't happen again because mm-hmm. he's friends yeah. with them and he's been there for a long time and he's an OG clone. So he's got the colors on still. Yeah. That's what they're trying to establish. Whether but, it works or not, I don't know. But that has to be some sort of like Order 66 malfunction though, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know? He, like, should, he shouldn't be able to reason through that ultimately. Uh-huh. He's very Rex about it. Like yeah. you, you guys mentioned earlier, like he's clearly like an officer who he's more skilled. He's got... You know, he's got whatever it takes in the brain to kind of overpower just a, a straight flip of the switch mm-hmm. with Order 66. I mean, his clearly his chip's working enough that he's following yeah. along with all this crap. 
but he's not straight robotic murder guy status. But here's another angle. Clearly from the little bit of character development of Rampart earlier in the season, Rampart doesn't like clones. So why is he just allowing this guy to just not be like a fully fall in line clone? Like, why is he yeah. tolerating that? There's just, I'm going to assume that we're going to get the answer, but to just all of a sudden 11 episodes in have like a new colored clone captain who's hot and cool and I want to be him. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you have great know. hair too, Nick. Come on. Oh my God. Um, hair. I don't know, man. I don't think we will. I, I think it was a writing tool to show an Could alliance be, yeah. between Cham and the clones. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. Could be. I, I don't think they're going to go farther than that. And I, I think there's also something to be discussed, like bigger picture of the chips and Order 66. Like I don't necessarily think clones, especially the remaining ones that are still, you know, that are now in the Empire's employ, they're not like walking around getting like, okay, that's my new order. That's my new order. They follow orders because they were trained and raised to follow orders. And that wasn't all. The chip was always, look, correct me if I'm wrong, at me on the internet. The chip was for Order 66. Mm -hmm. The chip was not like at any time we're always controlling everything you do. Like there's always been this cool idea that the clones have free will, that they, if they're willing to, you know, get unplugged from the matrix the ones that do step up to the plate and and realize they have free will and make good choices become heroes all those things right so order 66 was just like this one thing so even if this dude slaughtered a bunch of jedi at some point then that's done and now he's just a clone again so if he's the guy the local resident clone you know, general or whatever, the, the guy in charge of, of his regiment. Who's really, really good looking. Did you ever think that maybe there's more to life than being really, really, really ridiculously good looking? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he realized. That's why. So I don't know. I just think I think post Order 66 that if we're trying to headcanon this, you know, he's just a normal dude doing his job and he's following orders, but he still has a connection with these people that he's been working with these people on Ryloth for, you know, years. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know if there were no Je- and also if he was stationed on Ryloth and there were no Jedi next to him, then execute order 66 didn't do and didn't do anything for him. Is there something in one of the other series where he's involved in order 66 that I haven't seen? Uh, this is the first time seeing him. Yeah, ever. Okay, right. So, I mean, but he was leaked uh, weeks ago at the time of this podcast, an action figure, right? Yeah, it's a vintage collection action figure. We had a dis- yeah. different yeah. name too, though. It was like clone Captain Ballast or something like that. Yeah, Ballast. Clone Gary. You're you're, you're following what I'm saying though, right? Yeah, like yeah. if yeah, he, if he sure. were, if if on Ryloth there wasn't a Jedi next to him that you know was like, oh, I'm supposed to kill this person, then he's just carried on doing his job, and it's you know you, it's like there it's an occupation. So in real military history, you learn you know a lot of cultures and countries, society. It 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 sucks, but you learn to live with your occupation. You know what I mean? Like we've been in Afghanistan for 20 years, right? Like we're not just walking around murdering everyone we see. It's like you learn to live with the, the occupation as, as awful as it is to have your, your nation be occupied. So I don't know. I I think if I'm going to headcanon this, it's just that they used it as a tool to show this bond between Cham and the clones because they needed to show that to show his like trust in the empire. And I think it's doubtful that he was affected by Order 66 because this is where he's been stationed. Yeah. I I noticed too that I felt like Rampart was like extra thrawny in this one. Yeah. I really Mm -hmm. felt like he was like, almost he even spoke differently and he spoke more Mm -hmm. like Thrawn, like slower more like methodical and clearly 
he he had a whole plan this whole episode which is very thrown you know like he, he yeah he had a whole plan that wound up being like oh yeah i knew this was gonna happen boom 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 we set up this in duelist so i don't know i never really thought much about rampart besides him just hating clones earlier in the season but he he definitely seemed uh like a tactician like thrown i think that's a combination of writing wise and voice acting just settling into the character yeah you know they probably had that intention out of the gate with him but he's been just kind of sprinkled in and now it's just sort of clicking mm-hmm. let's move on to a certain point of view for one little thing a certain point of view many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view so Orn Frita sniped in the head. Sure. But there's a Lords of the Sith novel, which is canon. Great book. It takes place five years after this-ish. Top three canon books that I've read. Love it. He's alive. Yeah, he's in that book. Does he die in that? Is that the thing? He officially dies in that? No, I don't think so. No? Watch the replay of the shot. Does it like hit him in his Twi'lek thing on his head? Leku. In his flesh dreadlock? <laughs> exactly. If, it, if, if he's shot... There, there you go. But if he's shot like in the side of his face by a sniper rifle, then I, I doubt it. I don't know how it's possible with all the people they have working on this stuff now. But if not, it's just a straight up oh shit moment. It's like episode got made. Someone walks in the room and goes, you guys know he's still alive, Canon, five years later, right? Yeah. And they go, oh shit. Maybe it was like a really little like calamari sized little stun circle. Like, dude, it wasn't. It was a. It was a full-on fire-burned yeah. laser blast no, for sure in his head. Yeah, it's weird because if they were fully aware of this novel and not breaking that canon, they could have just hit him upper left in the chest, totally, and just yeah. said later, not oh, missed his heart. Yeah, but in the head, in the face, like, dude, <laughs> that's weird. Uh, Rampart does say arrest these people for the attempted assassination of Orn Frita. So that's the oh. only little clue, mm. I think, that maybe saves it. Guess what? I don't care. doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. He is alive in that book and serves no major plot, whatever. Like, that book is great. It's all, it is about, like, Vader and the Syndulas and Ryloth and all that. Like, I do really like that book, but, like, I can't tell you one thing he did that had any, like, relevance. So if he's dead, he's dead, whatever. I mean, I think you kind of nailed it, though, with the observation that he said the attempted assassination yeah. i think that that answers this in terms of the point of this segment mm-hmm. dude it's straight up in the side of his a head smoking <laughs> hole a temple shot yeah a temple shot in the side of his head there's smoke coming out of it there's smoke coming out of it and then they just load him up on this little cart <laughs> his hand moves though mike's saying here yeah our boy mike from armor party and hondo supply is on the thing with us by the way producing assisting producer drew dead fell off a cliff <laughs> he died on impact he actually came and saved me. He gave me his life force via the force. Yeah. So Drew's yeah, now he's dead, dead and I'm back. Then he's going to save you again. He's going to be alive for a moment. You're going to kiss and then... We already kissed. Okay. Well, oh, we'll kiss again. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Hand moves on the stretcher. Smoked in the head, dude. Yeah. Look at that. Ryan Key holding up the image. I mean... Like, <laughs> I mean, that, that is a temple shot, full blaster bolt. Back and to the left. <laughs> How is he alive? That's a thick head right there. That's a lot of chummy fat. Is is chummy the right word? I don't know. Why don't you come back here and chum some of this shit? Can you see his... You're going to need a bigger boat. Can you see his hand move oh. like Mike is saying on the Hold when on. they load him up on the cart? Either way, 
really, it doesn't not matter. Either way. <laughs> Either way. Either way is fine. <laughs> Yo, can I just pause to say how how much I love the cigarette in the mouth when the... Why don't you come back here and chum some of this shit line and jo- like... We don't get that anymore in movies. Like in Ghostbusters, the dangling cigarette when he sees Slimer the first like time, you know? Yeah. Dangling. We don't get that. I hate smoking, yeah. but there's some Yeah, because everyone quit smoking and it's legit. Now there's going to be a flash drive hanging some f- from somebody's mouth in the new Ghostbusters. You can't have a 2002 hard drive size vape <laughs> hanging out of your <laughs> lip. It's, that doesn't work. Oh, it's so dumb. All right. Shall we move on? Let's. Moving on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thousand generations. It is the dark saber. Oh, gosh. It's a calicore. A Sith wayfinder. Dark science. Cloning. Secrets only the Sith knew. Speaking of a calicore, we're coming back to that at the end, probably. We're going to wrap it up with that. Oh, yeah. But um, let's start with Hera's theme, the, uh, the music piece. Very, very similar to Leia's theme. Mm-hmm. We heard it a, a bit in um, Rebels, but it was like in full effect here dude yeah it was almost note for note there's like a little different tale but uh kevin kiner actually tweeted quote got a chance to tie some newer themes with some older themes in the next episode which was so lovely to get to do pretty cool well, he did that man that brought the moisture to the eyes yeah and, and homeboys experience over here yeah same i don't care what is happening if i hear that song i'm just like oh yeah Leia. My sister getting married. She walked down the aisle to that. Oh, I love this song. Yeah, I could see a village full of innocent children burning, <laughs> and you play that theme, and I'd be like, oh, I'm so emotional. Not about the children. It's about. We should put the theme over uh, Anakin killing younglings. I'd be like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I love her so much. <laughs> the kids are they're dead. It's okay. I love her so much. Um, we mentioned the Blurgs. They're back. We saw them in Rebels and Mando, but they were first seen. Thank you, producer Mike. First seen in Ewoks, The Battle for Endor. Non-canon, but now available on Disney Plus in the Star Wars Vintage Collection. We need to watch all that stuff and do an episode. I talked to yeah. producer Kurt, who's been he's been dead for a long time. He's in, uh, actually, he's not dead. He's in uh, Carbon Freeze. <laughs> He'll be back. This Christmas, we have to do the Christmas special. We have to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And do, maybe do some other vintage shit leading up to it. But um, yeah, Blurgs were first seen in like, full like stop motion action originally and they even in the they mentioned this right in the the mandalorian the the disney gallery stuff about how they they really try to match their movements to the stop motion in a way like kind of bridge the gap between cg and that so Mm -hmm. it's cool to see them here in animation in this the, the latest of star wars animation next the giant prison tank in this episode was used in rogue one it's the same vehicle as Jin. oh yeah where you find Jen when you first see her, right? Yeah. And she's getting mm-hmm. transported, yeah. One of the few wheeled transports or any kind of vehicles. I don't know if it's the same as in, what is it, Chapter 15 of Mando? Mm-hmm. I know it's pretty similar. Yeah. That where Mayfeld and Din kind of take over that yeah. uh, 
whatever they're stealing, like fuel or whatever. Yeah. It looks pretty similar to that too, but I don't know why that would be like a prison escort tank and then they're the one in Mandalorian has to do with carrying fuel. So I don't know. They might just be similar looking, but Rogue One tie-in is pretty cool. I mean, think about it like, you know, just an 18-wheeler, the, the mm-hmm. standard kind of configuration where you're pulling a tank or you're pulling a box full of crates of shoes or whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just kind of configured for the job. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty sick. Consistency across animation and live action and everything is dope. Speaking of vehicles, um, the speeders in the scene used a lot more original trilogy sound design. Mm-hmm. They've been really pulling from that that big-ass folder of... Yeah, like, well, speeders specifically throughout the season, they've gotten, like, more yeah. and more and more. That howl. And that, this one was just sounded yeah. like, you close your eyes, you're on indoor. Yeah, so sick. We mentioned also earlier the refinery, what they were mining. Dunium, I just learned this today, is the metal that's used for starships, like, the you know, the Star Destroyers, the big ships, are are made of this material. So this is, I guess, like, you've got, you know, Beskar, which is this almost, like, magical level like kind of material and then dunium is like the the aircraft aluminum of the star wars universe i i would say right mm-hmm. um it shows up the first time first mention is in the new thrawn trilogy yeah not the like ascendancy but like the the first three that timothy zahn did i think starting in like 2015 the, the new canon so. stuff yeah yeah sick yeah. but this era they specifically need a ton of it for the death star yeah so that's where that all ties in right now. Interesting here, next item. Interesting that Hera has her French accent. This is such a weird thing, but it's it's cool in a weird way. The Sindulas are all fully in this French accent kind of thing. And in Rebels, she doesn't have that anymore. But mm. there's one scene, and we mentioned this earlier, in an episode of Rebels where she's talking to her father and she goes back into the accent. We, I don't know, maybe as English speakers, we don't have anything equivalent to this. Other than like, I don't know, maybe like the word choice or the dialect that you use when you're talking to your grandparents versus your friends or whatever. I slipped when I was just back on Long Island. I definitely heard myself slip and like omit an R here and there. Yeah. But I corrected myself right away. I was like, why did that happen? I had a whole like, hold on a second. How did that happen so quickly? I haven't been here in three years. Why did I just say that? (laughs) Give us an example. Let's hear it. It just, it happened out of nowhere. Um, What's a good New York word? I don't know. Well, it's easy to just say like Long Island, you know, like add W's to places, but uh, that wasn't what I screwed up on. Is it Lawn? Lawn. I definitely just like left off an R somewhere, you know. There's, you know, there's also, tell me if I'm totally blowing this, but isn't there like when you say, like I say Long Island, it's like a soft G, but. Me too. I feel like there, isn't it a hard, like Long Island? Yeah. Yeah, that's how my mom would say it. Long Island. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that, I mean, guess I can. Yeah. So she just she just grew up and you know went to university, lost her accent. Oh yeah, my mother's from Brooklyn and lived on Long Island. There's no turning back. There's no more R's. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the case is solved. <laughs> Nick, you put this in the notes about how Gobi's ship yeah. looked like. It was standing up. I was like, oh, that looks like the Slave One. But then when it was flying, I'm like, there's somewhere in there is a star, is the Enterprise. Super Star Trek vibes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Very like curved, sleek, and like nonsensical for landing or in atmosphere kind of mm-hmm. design, but in space totally works. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping it was going to do some kind of weird crap, like it was going to land in a weird way or. Well, it kind of almost like the Slave One, like. It flies one way, but then lands like almost. Did it? 
vertical? Because remember when they're get, when they're boarding the ship, when Hera is like, I don't know if I should go. It stands straight up. But yeah. I'm pretty sure it flies sideways, though. Like, oh. could be wrong. Either way, I dope know. ship. I only watched it three times. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> dope ship, regardless. Lastly, Chamsundula's tattoos on his leku, on his head tails, he's got them all down one side. And there's kind of a pattern there. This is the same design that we see on the family's Kalakori that we learn about in Rebels. For anyone who hasn't seen Rebels, imagine like like a really chunky, like Times New Roman T, <laughs> letter T, capital T. It would sit on a desk and it has these dangly things coming down from the, the horizontal bar that makes the top of the T. And the idea is that for Twi'leks, as the family passes this from generation to generation, you add a little piece on it. It's like an art piece that you you put your little personal touch on for your generation. And in this case... Cham's headtails, the design on his Leku flesh dreadlock on the fr- on the flesh dreadlocks are on his little piece, his little addition. It's almost like these big wooden beads that kind of hang from the thing. So that's interesting. And there's a whole thing about Thrawn like collecting all of these things in in, in Rebels, and he has this Calicori. No spoilers, but it's a big deal. You can also buy that thing at Galaxy's Edge. I'm going to Galaxy's Edge for my birthday, and I'm going to buy. Something like that, or if they still have Ray's saber hilt, I'm buying that. Yeah. If they don't have Ray's saber hilt, I might buy a Calicori. Yo, get both. Treat yourself. Why would they not have it? It's sold out? I don't know. Yeah, just sold out. Mm-hmm. Yo, you want my, like, really picky OCD opinion about that real quick? Sure. About Ray's saber? Yeah. I know what you're going to say, but yes, I already agree, but I know what you're going to say. I'm not buying that from Galaxy's Edge. Mm. The Switch? Yeah, the Switch. Yeah. yeah. Sucks. The switch is not in the handle. The switch is at the top. It's the rotation. Mm-hmm. Totally. And until it's that, you don't get my money. It's definitely a, a major bummer. Yeah. Do you think they will? Do you think they'll get hip to that, people being bummed on that and change it? I don't think Disney will, but there's some makers out there. There's some, you know, yeah. saber companies that do it, and yeah. I'd rather get that. Or maybe even like Hasbro. And there's saber companies now making them that retrofit the Disney blades, right? Probably. Yeah, the Disney blade is the one, like, really appealing thing. The way that, you know, just... It drops in there, yeah. it locks in place. Yeah. But I bet there's makers making them that fit the crystals and do yeah. the whole whole thing. I mean, for me personally, like I have my Skywalker hilt just like in front of my TV, you know, like it's a total like piece that I put. Like I don't, the switch definitely does suck, but I'm not really going to be using it, you know. Yeah. I just want to put it on my shelf. You're not going to be LARPing? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not till celebration. Yeah. If we don't shoot a full thing, if we don't, like, choreograph and shoot a fight scene while we're at Celebration, we have blown it. What are we even doing on this planet if we don't do that? Yeah. All right. Let's move on. I love you. I know. Favorite quotes, favorite scenes, favorite moments, and whatnot. What do you guys think? you have favorites? It's tough for me this week. This was like an expositional episode. Probably the speeder bike chase, you know, was rad action. The sound design was amazing. Mm. Really enjoyed that. That goes a long way. It's a super conversational episode, you know what I mean? So yeah, pulling that out as sort of like the, the cool action-packed part of it at the end, the climax of it was, was rad. Nick, how about you? I mean, I watched it at midnight, and when Chopper and Hera showed up, I was like, oh, my God, that's awesome. Yeah. So I'll just go with that because that made me feel real nice. Yeah, that was big. That was nice of them. Rebels is great, but Clone Wars is my stuff. Mm. But I did have 
it, it did like hit me straight in the the emotions in like the short term nostalgia. Like, holy shit, there she is! Holy shit, there's Chop! Holy shit! Yeah, like I was I was super super pumped. But it was even better when Hera met Omega. Mm-hmm. Totally, it's adorable, and I'm just like, this is so cool. This yeah. is so cool. And that, like I mentioned earlier, that sort of standoffish yet excited kind of vibe that Omega had, really well played by the voice actor, really well animated. She was like, I don't know if you're allowed up here, basically, mm-hmm. but I really want to show you my ship. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It was just so cool. Again, I'm not having children. I'm not having human children. It's not happening. My wife and I uh, made sure of that with a medical procedure. But <laughs> it's stuff like this where I go, God, that's cute as hell. Those kids, that's, that's, that's cute shit. I would really love to witness that in real life. You never considered that one of your kids could be a green <laughs> Twi'lek? <laughs> yeah, if they could come out with come out looking like that, maybe. So my favorite's going to be the scene where Hera and Omega meet, for sure. And then in terms of like what we put in the, in the poll, it's all wrapped in the whole Bad Batch drop-off and so on. But yeah. that specifically, I really loved. And, and dude, and it added to it because they weren't in the episode the whole time. So it was like, oh, they're my people. They're my friends that I love. <laughs> oh, now they're trying to hang out with those other people that I know from over there. <laughs> you know, it was just really, really good vibes. It was. It was heartwarming. All right. Well, let's read off the nominees. Nick nominated five scenes and, or moments that we gave to the patrons as a poll. Our patrons at patreon.com slash thank the maker pod voted on this. And the nominees are as follows. Number one, Cham Syndulla gives a speech to calm down Ryloth citizens after the Empire occupies Ryloth. Second nominee, the Chopper and Hera reveal, and they get caught spying on the Empire's refinery. Third nominee, the Bad Batch drop off the weaponry to Gobi, Uncle Gobi. Hera and Omega bond while talking about flying aboard the Marauder. Fourth nominee, the Syndulas lead an attack on the Imperial convoy to save Hera and Gobi. Fifth and final nominee, Rampart orders the assassination of Orn Frita and frames the Sandulas as the culprits. Kevin Doom, good name, says, I had to pick the Hera reveal because damn you, Filoni, <clears throat> for making me feel the things. The biggest part of that reveal that hit me was when she was mimicking flying with her hand. It was like she had her head in the clouds and she, like all of us, is a dreamer. It was such an innocent moment, but knowing what she'll go through as a person and as a pilot later on, is heartbreaking. Damn real. Well commentated, sir. I mean, she's, for being in Rebels, she showed up in that Squadrons game. There's novels. At the end of Rebels, like during the epilogue, they say that she fought in the Battle of Endor. Like, she's a hardcore character. She's She's important, important. yeah. The winner of the Patreon poll with 42% of the vote is the Bad Batch drop-off of the weaponry to Gobi and Hera and Omega hanging out, talking about flying aboard the Marauder. I mean, it's funny, but absolutely appropriate that the the winner of the poll is the scene where the actual title. <laughs> the title track? Yeah, the album track plays. Yeah. Just say it, titular, the titular characters. The titular characters. <laughs> and the winner of the favorite song on Ocean Avenue poll is Ocean <laughs> Avenue. <laughs> Second place with 39% of the vote is the reveal, Chopper and Hera and getting caught spying on the Empire's refinery. Makes sense. Favorite quotes. You guys have favorite quotes? You should, because that's what we do here. 
I would go with, I mean, it's a long quote, but the whole exchange about flying being a feeling would be mine. Yeah, yeah. That was the most quotable thing in the episode for sure. I think it's actually the most quotable thing for a couple of episodes saying just the quote flying is a feeling, you know, or yeah. what it, it said, yeah, flying is, it's about a feeling. That's awesome. And Star Wars and like the force, it's all in there. It may literally be in there in support of my, I don't want to say theory, but my feeling uh, that force sensitivity is everywhere in Star Wars, whether or not they're Jedi. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. Han Solo's got some extra metachlorians, for real. Mm-hmm. Whether or not he registers on Qui-Gon Jinn's little test that he does, there's some extra there. There's some extra in Hera. You know what I mean? They're on the spectrum. I mean, the word feeling, you know, yeah. it's used. And the scene between Finn and Jenna in Rise of Skywalker, it was more like a feeling, a feeling, you know? Mm. That's what this is grounded in. So I, 100%. I agree. I like that. I guess I'll say my, you know, funny slash cute favorite quote is when hunters like made a new friend and omega says she's kind of strange i like her and it's just because it's like the second time that omega has admitted that something is weird but she likes it because i think the martez sisters they were they were like isn't Ord mantel a little seedy she's like yeah it's great yeah so i'm like omega you little freak what are you into (laughs) (laughs) but like that's that's the funny interpretation but also she senses stuff. She's intuitive. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Force or not, she's intuitive and like she she picks up on the eccentricities of things and people. And that's cool. Oh, and just to wrap up the rest of that quote, did you know flying's about a feeling? Which is adorable that Omega says that. And then tech being tech is like, what feeling? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, mine, I mean, I, d- I definitely immediately connected to that same quote and it brought me back to the rebel stuff. Mm, I'm going to have to go with Cham talking to Hera, one of the nominees here. He says, that fiery spirit, you remind me of myself at your age, but I want more for you, Hera. Fighting, it takes a toll. My hope is that you won't ever have to live a life like mine. And like we mentioned earlier, it's that generational wah, thing. Wah. Yeah, that generational <laughs> thing where whether it's your kid or your, your nephew or just younger people that you can kind of impart wisdom upon. You don't want them to repeat the same mistakes. It's You want them to learn, but you don't want them to have to go through the kind of crap that you went through yourself. You just want, there's this very like human condition that you want your suffering to be worth something, you know? Exactly. That's the best way to put it. Thank you. You're smart. <laughs> <laughs> and good looking and well-groomed. I just need a teal colored, maybe that's what I'll be for our Star Wars celebration panel. I'll just go as Captain Ballast. Yeah. Or whatever his name is, Captain Hauser. You've got the hair. You do. Do I? You do have the you hair, it, bro. Do you really mean it? Yeah. <laughs> Just shave those sides, sides super tight. Drop some pomade yeah. in there. You're good. Get you a, a zero guard, maybe a little fade yeah, wow. right around the ears, and you got it. Wow. Mike, I love your podcast, but I don't want to make a costume. Could someone make me one? <laughs> yeah, we'll figure right, that out. A, a hauser. Yeah, give them that Bayside money. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh. All right. The nominees, the official nominees. Here we go. First nominee, this is from Cham Sandula. I should be content the war's over, but change is not always easy. I hope my people will embrace this peace. Second nominee, Cham and Gobi. Cham says to Gobi, We agreed to disband when the time came. What was the point of fighting if we cannot accept peace? And Gobi responds, We've been friends a long time, Cham. 
I'm telling you, the Imperials are up to something. You just don't want to see it. Third nominee, this is the one that I picked. This is Cham talking to Hera. That fiery spirit. You remind me of myself at your age. But I want more for you, Hera. Fighting. It takes a toll. My hope is that you won't ever have to live a life like mine. Fourth nominee, the conversation between Hera and Omega about flying. You sure know a lot about this. Do you fly? No. Tech won't let me train until I can recite all of the ship's specifications from memory. Specs are only half of it. Flying is... It's about a feeling. What do you mean? When I close my eyes and picture myself up there, I feel it. The instruments help guide you, but you plot your course. You're free. Fifth and final nominee, we reference this one as well, Hunter, Tech, and Omega. <laughs> this is good. Make a new friend. She's kind of strange. I like her. Did you know flying's about a feeling? What feeling? Emma, patron of the podcast, says, It's so hard not to pick the Tech and Omega quote, but Hera being a badass, she's talking about flying and how connected she is. We all know how amazing she becomes and all of the things she did for the Rebellion. It's just really cool having all the knowledge we have and to get to see this sweet moment with Omega. I fully agree. So good. The winner, though, with 48% of the vote, I mean, there it is. The conversation between Omega and Hera, it's about a feeling. It's great. Second place with 27% of the vote, Cham bringing the fatherly wisdom not wanting Hera to repeat the same mistakes. What, Nick, what was your thing? What did you say? Did your lessons, uh, your... The, the human condition of wanting your, your suffering to be worth it. There it is, mm-hmm. that fiery spirit. You remind me of myself and so on. Well done. Good picks. Turns out our patrons are smart people. And if you're a smart person, <laughs> anywhere, <laughs> uh, hang out, patreon.com slash think to make pod. If the patrons are smart, what does that make everyone else? <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Also subscribe. Final thoughts? We I'm I'm here. I'm here for the cliffhanger. You know? Yeah. I think the batch will be back big time next week to assist in the completion of this two episode arc, which will lead us into probably like a final sort of arc. When you think that the last three episodes or so are gonna mm-hmm. be We're winding so, down, yeah. Yeah. I, I think overall cool episode. Not my favorite just because the bad batch wasn't in it, but I get the purpose the episode serves and I think leaving us with this cliffhanger hasn't been done before, right? In this whole season, there hasn't been a cliffhanger like this where it's like nothing final at the end of the episode whatsoever. Just like... Right, right. They're speeding away. Nobody knows what's going to happen at all, you know? So uh, I'm excited for next week. I think my final thought on this one this week is I'm excited for next week. (laughs) Same. I like Star Wars. All right, let's wrap it up. Ryan Key, give us a quote of the week. Boy, I got a good one, and it's relevant to this episode. A good one. Quote... It's every citizen's duty to challenge their leaders, to keep them honest, and hold them accountable if they're not. End quote. Ahsoka Tano. That's our girl. As the empire rains down on the galaxy, it's every citizen's duty. Real talk. Dude, can I just say, it is like strange to me how able I am. There's like this complete, I can fully compartmentalize Ashley Eckstein and Ahsoka Tano. Like, she can be friend of the pod, you know, person we know who's just a regular old person, 
and also be the voice of Ahsoka Tano. And like, I can see Ahsoka and I can hear her voice and I can hear quotes like this and I can watch her in those moments that make me just want to like ball crying, then see her as a person and just, you know, with her family or at a hospital, like giving kids lightsabers, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. The concern I always had of like demystifying Star Wars by knowing behind the scenes stuff or uh, knowing the people involved, it doesn't apply here. There's something about her. There's something about the way she portrays the character. I mean, the animation helps, but it's just like you did a good job, Ashley. But you can like spin it back to to how how positive and, you know, like break from the mold Ahsoka is. Yeah. That's just her as a real person, too. So it's interesting because I agree they're so separate from each other that it doesn't demystify it in a bad way. But at the same time, they're also exactly the same. Yeah. Hmm. It's like they're arching their back and keeping it straight at the same time. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> exactly. There's, see, there's, there's a merch opportunity in that quote somewhere. Thank the maker of Forgetting Sarah Marshall podcast. <laughs> All right. Subscribe. Subscribe, all caps, subscribe. Don't forget, subscribe to our damn podcast. We say this all the time. Sub, 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 sub. Half the people who listen to this are not subscribed. I know many of you are probably listening for the first time, and maybe you're not hearing this until like three months in because you started out our first episode and you're finally here. And if you haven't subscribed at this point, that's weird. So do it. Press the button, click the button, tap the button, smash it. The, what did the streamer say, Ryan? Yeah, smash Smash that like button. Smash that subscribe <laughs> button. Maybe that's been the issue. We didn't use the proper terminology. Yeah, we haven't been saying smash for the past year and a half, and now we are, so. I can't use my soundboard, but I have mouth going, do it, (laughs) for the truffle shuffle. I do it all the time when I'm streaming. I'm like, so if you guys are feeling generous, you want to give out some gift subs, do it. (laughs) It's great. We got to get that dialed in here. Um, And if you want more Star Wars, if you're into costumes and armor fabrication and wearing the stuff, Doing the things. Armor Party Podcast is our sister podcast hosted by none other than Mike Forster from Hondo Supply. You can find that wherever you find podcasts. And Armor Party Show on Instagram. Mike, I used the uh, ID that you gave me to get on to my flight when I went home to New York. They were like, oh, yeah, sure. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but his yeah, sister did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Michael Jackson didn't come over to my house to use the bathroom. But his sister did. <laughs> if you want to wear... Something on your torso area that has something to do with thank the murker. Thank the murker. <laughs> Jesus H. Thank the murker. I don't know what the f- that means. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. <laughs> All right. Thank the murker. Thank the maker is the place where you get the torso covers, the blouses, the things. Sick blouses. The best. <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram at thank the maker pod, on Twitter at thank the maker. All of my stuff is at Adam the Skull. On MySpace, at Merkers. Uh, <laughs> my socials, the social meds, as the recently revived Nick Gambarian calls them, at William Ryan Key. <laughs> and I'm at Nick Bayside on Instagram and Twitter. And episode four of the Radio Radio Show is out right now. I love doing it. Please listen to it so I could keep doing it because it is fun. Yas, music. I have a goal. I came up with a goal today. I'm going to do the first 10 episodes without repeating an artist. So I do about 10 songs every show. So that would be 100 artists. So if you... That's intense. If you listen to like three bands, I'm going to play 100 different artists in 10 episodes. That's my goal. Cool. Maybe you find one or two that you like. Yo, if you want guests and you want people to play stuff that's... um probably not the stuff that you would play mm-hmm. and stuff that your listeners also wouldn't like and you want to alienate them, <laughs> holler at us. Holler at me. 
Yeah, Probably no. some weird crap. Oh, I fully am going to have all of you guys. Yeah, I've got lots of weird electronica and post-rock. Yeah. I could play like eight-minute-long songs that people just totally <laughs> tune out and give up. I'm ready. I don't care what you play. Maybe not an eight-minute one, but I don't care what you guys request. I'll, I'll play Okay, it. no, you've got to hear this 12-minute <laughs> song by Max Richter that's been used in like seven films. It's the best. Hey, November Rain was like 810. And yeah. I played it on the radio really in its entirety. Yeah. No radio edit. Everybody, thanks so much for listening. Jedi Council tier patrons, thanks for hanging out with us. They've been hanging out with us live the whole time. And patrons in general, thank you for your support. Everybody else, until next time. <laughs> I'm a mess. May, may the force be with you more than it's with me right now. <laughs>